Welcome to the Waybox Podcast. We'll be chatting to some of the most influential people in the UK health and fitness industry to bring you their story and their key messages. So, whether you're on the treadmill, commuting to work, or simply sitting at home, we hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Waybox Podcast. I am Tally Rye, and this is Ben Foy. And Ben is the co founder of Waybox. We are starting this podcast because Waybox is a protein brand, Ben. Yeah, so we launched in September 2016 and the premise of the business is that we wanted to make protein more convenient, more accessible and more engaging. But obviously it's quite a narrow and aggressive industry on the whole, so that's why we came up with a concept. So we wanted to bring you this podcast where we can go a little bit further beyond the sachets, beyond the boxes and talk to some of the industry's key influencers. Um, so I'm actually a Waybox ambassador, so I'm really excited to be here today. Our first guest on the first ever Waybox podcast is indeed Alice Ooh. Living. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you for having um, me. I'm going to do a little intro for you, Alice. Feel free to correct me if you need to. Oh, no, no, no. You are... Alice to go. <laughs> Alice is a three times best-selling author. She's a personal trainer. She's a cover star and a social media sensation. <laughs> is, but that's accurate. I mean, I feel like I probably missed some stuff out. Tell her you are so made for podcasts. Thank Apart you. from the fact that your face is also really expressionate. So is that even a word? <laughs> expressionate. Anyway. No, I used to get told that drama. I feel like people need to see the expressions you're pulling right now. But anyway, <laughs> your voice is made for it. Oh, well, you have done a million and one things. And uh, Ben and I were discussing at lunch before we came into the studio today. It's sick. You're only 25. <laughs> no, I'm actually younger than that, Tally. Oh, Shut up. I'm 24. Hi. When's your birthday? End Not podcast till next now. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a spring chicken. You are. I know. You're 24 and you've written three books. Yeah. So it does I'm, feel really surreal, though. I have an like, English literature degree, and I'm not certain I've read three books, which is worrying. <laughs> so. so, obviously, I've given you a little brief summary there, but there are going to be people that listen to this that potentially might not have heard of who you are. Um, so which please, is okay. Yeah, so please like, tell us a bit <laughs> about yourself, um, how you got to this point today, and um, yeah, how you started. So, for those that don't know, my name is Alice. I am 24. And um, I have been um, blogging on social media, previously under the name Clean Eating Alice, but now under my real name, which is Alice Living. Although some people believe that that is like not my real name, that I just made it up. But no, I was um, gifted with a name that kind of suited exactly what I did. So my name is Alice Living. Um, I started blogging three years ago when I was at university. I did it because I wanted to have a bit of a healthier um, relationship with food, with myself, with my body. And I was living with lots of friends who weren't necessarily in that mindset. Mm. And so I wanted to have a way of being able to document what I was doing and to be able to converse with people that were doing a similar thing to what I was. Um, and so I turned to Instagram. I'd seen a couple of people do similar things and I found it a useful way of being able to just offload, engage and get inspiration from other people. So I just started posting what I was eating. Like so food. what was the point when you were literally like, right, I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to start posting this on Instagram? Like, what was the moment that you had that? Because I know I personally had that moment, but I just intrigued to know what your day I was. I don't think I had like a light bulb moment, but I definitely was slightly, and I don't know if I've ever actually said this publicly, but I think my, my impetus and like, I guess you... At the time, I was like, oh, no, it's not because of that. So I've like denied it. But I think it was a little bit because I was... um 
not rejected by a boy, but like, you know, when you, you're a little bit yeah. spurred by a boy, like he, yeah. um, I really liked someone and they definitely weren't interested in me. And I know that that is the worst type of like motivation to do something. But at the time I was like, do you know what? I am going to show him that I'm better than that. But actually, like it was the best thing that ever happened because mentally I just went into such an amazing space that I had never thought I would get into all because I got turned down by someone. <laughs> Do you know what though? How many people have started going to the gym because of a love life situation? Yeah. Because of rejection or to get over a breakup or I know there's something similarly with me like I got really into it because the boyfriend I was with at the time went abroad for six months and I had nothing else to do so I was like how else do I fill my time? <laughs> I'm just going to go to the gym. So the Some gym became my boyfriend. Meeting, Tally went to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I felt like it was a healthy distraction at the time. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's a really healthy outlet. Yeah and I think like, you and I can both relate to the fact that the the um so Tally and I for those that don't know went to both went to theatre schools and did sort of like a musical theatre degree so physical health was really mm. important and kind of integral to to the degree that we were doing and I'd sort of really neglected that during my first year and and rightly so I had an amazing first year of university yeah. I went out every night You've got there to. was one night where I like had dived headfirst into a bath full of jelly in my student <laughs> union you know I lived the life but it only lasted so long and during my second year things started to get really serious auditioning for roles mm. a lot more competitive during classes rightly or wrongly so there's a lot of pressure um, did you oh, feel pressure you school to look a certain way oh my god so much and like I always say like one of my biggest turning points and I still remember it to this day was at the end of my first year like I said there's like multiple things Mm. that's kind of drew me to doing what I was doing but at the end of my first year you get your reports back from all of your like dance assessments and singing assessments and whatever singing and acting fine did really really well that was like what my main passion was before I Mm. went that was like I'm a singer Um, Mm. but I was my dancing was like pretty rubbish and all of my dance reports were like lacking strength lacking strength and I think that word in my head it wasn't that I wanted to like get a six pack or like get super lean it was just like I'd I'd want to be physically strong Mm. um and so I started looking into how how people achieved that and yeah I realized that 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 a lot of people were saying well it's not slogging away on a treadmill for half an hour hating every minute of it try try lifting some weights doing some resistance training and so that was definitely something else that I guess in my fitness kind of journey was was something that led me to to look into that. And did you feel at the beginning that you felt that when you did start going to the gym and everything and it was this new exciting thing did you ever felt that it it went to any extreme? Yeah, like definitely early on without even realizing, I just was really enjoying what mm. I was doing. And I think I was like, "Oh my god, I'm loving this. This is so great. I'm really strong." And also like, who doesn't love to be told that they they're looking good? Yeah. Like I don't I I disagree with anyone that that doesn't get that little fuzzy feeling when someone's like, "You look amazing." Mm. And like I noticed that in class, I was suddenly having way more energy. Like I remember pivotal moments, like standing at the front of a cl- one a class that was like one of my hardest dance classes mm. with this really strict teacher and being like, I'm going to go to this. the front and yeah. I am going to nail this routine. And I bloody well did. And like, you know what? The irony of that is that because we did have similar backgrounds, I remember... I improved in so many ways when I started getting to health and fitness at drama school, but I never got good at picking up routines. Oh, God. It was, oh, yeah, it's, it's still my always downfall. my weakness, though, yeah. It was always my downfall. <laughs> Going back to your question, of course. You're mm. like, I think as with anything, you kind of need, and, and actually there's that realisation that, oh, God, you know, 
my social life might be suffering a little bit. Let's rein it in and like mm. just have a bit more balance. And that's a life lesson. You know, I was I was still a teenager yes. when I started doing it. I was young. I was like quite naive and everything that we were doing at the time was very much new as well. You, you know, social media wasn't a, hadn't been around for that long. Instagram hadn't been around no. for that long. So, um, yeah, certainly I would would hold my hands up and say I, I might have gone a little bit more ex- to the extreme end of things. I think that's quite natural, though, because I think we often are going to compare a health and fitness journey to a relationship. I think it's like when you first meet someone you're really interested in, you suddenly become infatuated with yes. them because it's like a new thing. You get so excited, you get mm. so wrapped up in it mm-hmm. and you just, I don't know about you, I'm sure you're the same, Ben, like you just want to go to the gym all the time, you're suddenly learning all these new things you can do, you're seeing the physical changes, mm. it's it's really exciting and it does become and a, I bit, think, a bit, it does take yeah. over a bit. And I think going back and if I could do it mm. again... I wish there were people like you, me, and the people that I look up to on Instagram that would have been like, you know, when you're in a relationship like yeah. that, and your best friend's like, chill out, mate. Like, you know, you're yeah. seeing her, ev- you're seeing him, sorry, every <laughs> single day, yeah. or her, or her. <laughs> you're seeing them every single day. Come and come to the cinema with me, and let's go mm. for a date or something. You need that person online as well to be like, it might be really fun, training's great, eating healthy is lovely. But there's more to there's life. more to life, yeah. and I kind of wish that I'd had that person there at the time, which there wasn't, and there is now, which I think is wonderful. There are these people that are like, it's not everything, and going out and enjoying yourself is just as much part of a healthy lifestyle as is going to the gym and you know eating well and all of these kind of it's things. Probably also quite useful to know those extremes as well, because when you go to them, you know where you don't want to go back. Mm. To. Yeah, so like, of course. If someone's like tracking their calories to the mm. to the point where every meal is torture because mm-hmm. having to put everything in mm-hmm. it's, useful to, it's it. useful to know yeah. that that's not the way I want to go and exactly. actually and just kind of know what looks nice on a plate and know what looks yeah. like and know what's going to feed yeah. you properly so no I think you're right yeah. I think you're right and I think there's nothing wrong with saying you know <laughs> I have I did you know Tally and I will both say we uh, there was a point where I tracked macros I learned mm-hmm. that I absolutely hated it <clears throat> yeah but you kind of have to go through it to get to the point where you realise that you don't need it and it's like you almost have to try it out to Mm. see how it fits for you and yeah yeah, it might not be the fit Mm. Um, so yeah that kind of does lead me on actually quite nicely because I also wanted to talk to you a bit and I know we've touched on it but like how your lifestyle has evolved to kind of now and how uh, and do you feel more balanced do you feel like you have that balance yeah I think I'm really happy that I have found a place where I'm just kind of quite chilled. Mm. Social media, as it grew, it became really, it felt quite competitive mm. and like it was this kind of competitive nature and everyone was doing it. And and I actually think like in the last two years, I've, I've enjoyed just sitting back and actually just relaxing a little bit and being like, there's more to life. Mm. And I think the best thing to happen to me, and this can sound real choosy, um, <laughs> is to meet, was meeting Patrick because mm. I think, Getting in an, into a relationship with someone that has such an amazing life work life balance is so good for me in terms of like he chills me out mm. and we have very much have really good downtime together it was really really good because I think naturally when you don't have a partner I was working a lot I was on tour oh, yeah. I was writing books and I didn't have downtime I was just you know if I've got free time I might as well work because I've got nothing else to do and like that's that's not okay I do see that like. I see. I've obviously known you for the past kind of almost three years. Yeah, three, four years. Three, four years, yeah. Um, and uh, I've seen that evolution in you and I think in all of us because 
once you find that person who compliments you and calms you down, mm. it just makes you realise that there's more to life than the social media bubble. And yeah. um, there's more to constantly sharing and actually mm. uh, it's all about quality over quantity. Yeah, completely. And also, like, I would never stop... Like, if I didn't enjoy doing my social media... I wouldn't continue to do yeah. it. Like I've, I, I absolutely have this thing, and I've come to recently actually, just like if I don't have anything to post and I don't want to post, I, I don't. Mean, yeah. Like I don't feel like I'm tied down to a ti- like exactly time structures, or you know, I don't have to do. It. So some people say to me, "So how many t- how many times do you post a week?" I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it depends. Like some weeks I I have a lot of free time, um, not often, but sometimes. Then I have all you know, I can make breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or whatever. And some weeks I'm literally running out the door at five thirty am and I'm not home till late at night and so posting is is really low down on the priority list and that's fine because there's other stuff going on that's just as important um so that brings us really nicely to clean eating Alice because yeah. we need to touch on clean eating Alice yeah. she's all over the books yeah um clean eating Alice was around for how many years that was for got it only changed in uh this summer yeah so two and a half two and a half yeah and yeah. um you became no um Known as CEA. <laughs> I know, that had such a nice ring to it, didn't it? I know, it did. Sometimes I still want to call you that, but then I'm like, no, change her name. Yeah. When I started my Instagram, and can I just have everyone who's listening hark back to their first email address that they created for themselves? <laughs> yes. Or their first Bebo or their first MySpace. Okay? X We've all been yeah. there. Mine was sexybunny underscore oh, XX or something horrific like that. And we've all been there. Like, when you're a little bit younger, a little bit more naive, choosing a name for your Instagram that you wanted to keep private, which I absolutely did. So it was actually, for those that have followed me for a hell of a long time, mm. will know it was Clean Eating Student. And then when I made I it... I didn't know that. Yeah. So it wasn't even... It was pub, It was completely private. So I didn't have my face on there. Oh. It was literally just food. I didn't want anyone to know I was do- what I was doing. And then when I made it public, I changed that to Alice. And... Yeah, it was literally like a spur of the moment thing. I was like, mm, that's a word that's going to sum up. And do you know what? I hadn't even heard it really. Mm. Maybe a few buzzwords, I guess, on Instagram and stuff. But I hadn't really heard of anything else. I think at that time, eat, eat clean. I was always using the hashtag eat mm. clean and clean eating. It and it was so normal. Yeah. So I just sort of was like, oh, that encompasses everything that I kind of mm. want to do. I want to live a bit healthier. I want to eat a bit better. So perfect it fits obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing i would definitely have changed have chosen something <laughs> different but like i can't go back to 14 year old self and change sexy bunny girl until <laughs> yeah, true, true. so i couldn't like for a while i i stuck with it and clean eating became a big umbrella term for lots of different factions yes. that were encompassed underneath it like it wasn't one thing that we no. could say this is what clean eating is it was it was an umbrella term used to describe a whole load of things from veganism to gluten-free to you know all of these different ways of eating that weren't all in cohesion with each other and because of the name I naturally fell under that category although I completely am none of those things yeah so it was really hard because you're being thrown together in a mix of people that are all doing different things rightly or wrongly and I'm not saying any of those things are good or bad I'm just saying they're different to what I was doing and so I found that really hard and quite challenging and like some of my toughest days have been you know negative press from from just being lumped together with those kind of things and um it's difficult but I stuck with it because um that's what people knew me as and it would have been really confusing to change it midway through doing you know the books and stuff like that so I did stick with it but I have to be totally honest and say I have been so much happier just dropping that name and being me and 
like it's freed up the content that I feel like I can post not that I felt like I was tied down by anything but just naturally like mm. as I've evolved and grown up and and got a little bit more life life experience under my belt I've just felt there's a bit more, more you want free. to talk about yeah there's just other stuff that I think is far more important like you know for example my relationship I share on occasion and things that I've done and it's it's far less about the food and, mm. and stuff and and you know, as I'm now in a completely different job to when I started as well. So that that has affected how, what the stuff that I post. And I just felt like I was giving so much more than just being a foodie person. I do. I really, really commend you for changing to Alice Living. I have to say, I think it was it's a bold move and it's a scary mm-hmm. move. And I think you're so brave. And I think rightly so, because like... Like you said, I don't think it's taken anything away from what you're doing. Yeah. In fact, if anything, it's only enhanced what you're doing. Obviously, I'm a massive fan, so... Oh, thanks, <laughs> You always have me there anyway. <laughs> but I do think, like, yeah, I, I I fully support Alice Living and I think everyone else has got behind you as well. And I think you're right, it's just taken away any barriers that may have been there before. Yeah. You might have any, you know, constraints you have from a certain name. and Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I, I completely agree. <clears throat> and I think that's the, the, the frustrating thing, is that I completely agree with all of the sort of negative connotations that have come mm. come along with clean eating. So I found that really challenging. Yeah. And like, there I am, agreeing with the people that are saying this isn't a good thing. You know, I wholeheartedly agree with the fact that, like, restriction and cutting out food groups and labelling foods as good and bad and all of these kind of things that that I really agreed with mm. were also kind of about the name that I was yeah. and it was so challenging at the time and I, I really felt stuck between a rock and a hard place so I think having dropped that it was just like oh god now I can sort of really freely say what I feel and how Is I that think. just a bit of a media thing in that they were looking for something that week to pick on. Well, I was and, talking uh, to Ben before. Do you remember there was that big, I think maybe like a year ago now, there was the documentary Clean Eating's Dirty Secrets. Yeah. And that, there was such a hoo-ha around that. Yeah. And like like you said, having clean eating in your name, everyone thought, oh, well, she clearly thinks the same yeah. as these people. But it's not true at all. And actually, no. if anyone took time to look at your content, that's not what you're saying. Yeah. But people just see a name and they just make, jump to you know all the conclusions yeah people see headlines don't they yeah yeah i think the media is one thing i think you know being best friends with a nutritionist who i speak to on a daily basis i think i definitely saw the other side and that she was seeing people in clinic who were so hung up on eating good foods clean foods Mm. and i found that difficult because it was like i don't agree with that but that's what my name suggests so Mm. i think the media yes one but actually two i do think it did have, and it does still have, this sort of slightly, re- very real um, negative thing that's going on there, and, and and definitely something that we need to address, and and not just see as as a media frenzy. I do yeah. think the media have it, like they you know they love to whip a, whip up a story about anything, but to some extent, I think they have a point. Yeah. Moving on, earlier this year, you were diagnosed with PCOS, yeah, which is polycystic ovary syndrome, mm-hmm. which is actually surprisingly common crazily um surprisingly common and it's Mm. one of those things that once you're aware of it you realize that a lot of women go through this Mm -hmm. um you are far more of an expert about it than i am so Mm -hmm. i just thought it would be good to chat about that and experience and kind of how your personal journey has changed this year just from that diagnosis yeah absolutely so um i was diagnosed completely unexpectedly i was away on a press trip in Norwich of all places <laughs> I was doing some filming for Triumph and we were staying in this like kind of country hotel and I woke up at about it must have been like 12 o'clock at night and I had like 
excruciating pain in my stomach like to the point that I thought I genuinely I picked up my hotel phone rung reception I was like please get me an ambulance like is there a doctor that can come you out got appendicitis I am in so much pain mm-hmm. yeah something like that and um they didn't have a doctor they were like do you want an ambulance and I was like god like man up Alice this can't be you're like you're fine so I was like oh, I'll leave it a couple of hours took some painkillers and actually like slowly slowly the pain subsided completely bizarre work with the morning is like what the hell was that like that was not okay and I need to go and get checked out so I off my back went to go and see um a gynecologist um I didn't know which was the best option but I thought I thought this was like a gynae thing I don't know I had this inkling that it was and I'd spoken to a couple of people who had said yeah I think I'm seeing gynae and so had like my first even though because I'm under the age that you should have your first kind of cervical smear Mm. um but I um (laughs) sorry about 25 (laughs) men do you remember that Um, (laughs) 25 25 (laughs) um but I had I had like a, a full examination at which point he was like oh um you have PCOS and I was like do I <laughs> god uh and he was like yeah and then he showed me the camera um the kind of picture sorry and then I we started discussing about the symptoms and stuff and actually I don't have a lot of um presentable symptoms there are a, there are people that have a lot more mm. outward facing symptoms that you can sort of um acknowledge as being linked to PCOS I don't have as many but what I do have is from as far back I can, as I can remember my periods were horrendous as in like when I was 16 I would just feel awful mm. and they were quite f- f- from e- f- I think I started my periods when I was about 14 or maybe a little bit younger than that I can't remember exactly but they would be incredibly irregular but then when they did come it was like oh my god I need to take a day off school this is horrific I remember at college actually like being on my hands and knees crying in the changing rooms because I was like I'm in so much pain um so yeah, they're just really bad. And um, through contraception, I went on the pill aged 16. They subsided because yeah. the pill can be quite mis- misleading in that mm. you think it's regulating your periods, but actually it's not really. It's it's like a bit of a smokescreen for yes. what's actually really going on. And um, so then when I came off that, then it was like I'd already messed with my hormones and then everything just went a little bit tits up and and culminating in in this event that I just told you about so since then I've sought advice from two amazing people one is um Anita who I had on my channel talking about PCOS who is the gyna geek on um Instagram she's amazing um from my gynecologist from my GP as well and also um a lovely lovely amazing woman who I'm going to have on my channel doing a Facebook live called Emma Cannon who's sort of like a fertility specialist but she also does acupuncture and all that sort of stuff so I've experimented with different contraceptions and it's kind of a journey but um yeah, I'm quite open about talking about it. But yeah, it is incredibly common as well. Um, mm. More common than people realise. So. Do you know what? I actually had clients with PCOS. Mm. So obviously a personal train as well. And um, I was like, Alice has just got diagnosed. Yeah. Here's all the content you yeah. need. Like it was actually really... I think it's um, so great of you to share it because it's a thing that not a lot of people talk about Mm -hmm. and I think it's the kind of thing that I'm glad we spoke about it today because I think it's something that women still don't know an awful lot about I certainly don't know about and actually like nutritionally it can be it can really affect and it can really affect your uh, lots of different things Um, so I often linked with weight gain really isn't it it, that can can be be one of the side effects for sure Um, there's a woman on Instagram called the 
the PCOS nutritionist. Um, her name's Claire. She's super, super knowledgeable and she posts a lot of really interesting new studies and really interesting kind of information about different ways of eating to, to kind of manage PCOS. So I'd have a look at her as well because I think that she's got some interesting stuff to say. Oh, very interesting. Mm. I'll have to check that out. And so how has your diet and fitness changed this year? Anything that's like dramatically changed or if you just had to make a few tweaks here and there? Nothing really. Like I... I really listen more to to like my internal cues of mm. like hunger, fullness, things that I want. I try and have a lot more of a varied diet as well. And I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan and I'll be the first to admit that I'm not. Um, but I have tried to eat a little bit less meat and you know, there's been so much stuff that's come out recently that's quite, you know, it's, it's sad. It's sad to see, yeah. like, the animal welfare and um, all the stuff about um, plastic in the oceans and all these kind of things that are coming to the forefront of our of, of news and especially on social media. I think I it's think, been a yeah. huge kind of, like... Tr- Sustainability is yeah. the hot topic. It is, isn't it? And um, I've made my own assessment of, of the information that I've seen and you know I'm making conscious choices where I can um I'm sat here with my reusable coffee cup. <laughs> um and yeah various other things so I guess that's definitely something that I would say has probably changed since I first started mm. basically when I first started I was a student and I didn't have very much money mm. so like my food choices were very limited very different. Yeah. yeah whereas now I feel so incredibly lucky to be able to have the opportunity to you know the the ability sorry to to shop at Waitrose which is like <laughs> you know an absolute luxury my boyfriend and I have been talking about how lucky we feel and how hard we've worked to be able to buy the yeah. fancy eggs yeah not that there's anything no, wrong with you know I just think saving that, pennies no, but I know no. but I food is such a big thing I love cooking I love having nice food and it's nice to have quality where possible and yeah. it's probably gonna be the best for you exactly so you know i i am now at the luxury that i can sort of go in and and choose the purple carrots that are one pound fifty if i want <laughs> you'll see them in my dinner last night <laughs> so like we said before we have been doing this for four years yeah what are the three biggest things that you have learned along the way don't take everything you see for social, on social media as gospel. Like, yeah. if that if there was one thing, you know, people ha- show, like, a very, very small percentage of what true life is. I think often we, we, we and I've been totally guilty of doing this and looking at someone being like, oh, my God, they've got the perfect life. And I think actually aligned with this is, like, just basically comparison is just a thief of joy. Mm. So don't, don't look at someone and say, they've got this, they've got that, you know, just try if you can to live life with a little in a little bit of a blinkered way and switch yourself off to constant comparison because it really is mm. quite soul destroying can i add in a little quote that your mum left on one of my instagram posts oh, my mum is great isn't she <laughs> sarah put um she we were talking about um comparing our bodies and things and she said Do you know what i've just decided to focus on what i have rather than what i don't have yeah and i think that's what we all need to do with social media focus on what you have what is great about your life be grateful yeah, for it yeah and uh, not worry about what everyone else is doing absolutely i'm not trying to like be my mom's biggest cheerleader but she's, she's fab. Re- she really is fab <laughs> and like if i if you think i'm a positive person my mom is that like tenfold um, maybe we should get her on bed yes, oh I next like that idea. such a good guest let's do that um so second one is going to be um an aesthetically healthy body doesn't equal health Yes. I think I like that's that. really, really important to understand. And, you know, we are constantly 
bombarded by images of amazing bodies. I, my, Especially my, with my like explore the Victoria's page. Secret yeah. show this oh, week, God. this past I mean, few days. I don't even watch it. I actually don't. I choose to not watch it because mm. I just think it's it's wrong. I think that having such a... Oh God! The, uh, uh, yeah, it makes me the angry. glorification yeah. of a certain a certain aesthetic. Is, yeah, it can be really difficult for people who are just normal like us. For starters, we're five yeah. foot two, and I just think <laughs> I don't look like that. <laughs> we're not like, Victoria's Secret models. Yeah, and and it's and it's the way that people hold them in such a high regard mm. because of their physical aesthetic. Like, uh, don't get me wrong; those girls probably have way more to bring to the table than yeah. just their body and the way that they look. But you're, they're literally put on a pedestal as like this is the this is the physical ideal, mm. and if you're not like this, you are a peasant my legs might be small and stumpy but I love them um, good I know but anyway so I just think it's really important that like for example my explore page I'm sure if I went on it right now there'd probably be every other image is like a body of some sort in a, a level swim, of nudity in a swimsuit on a beach looking amazing and like that's, that's great and they might have a really healthy body and healthy mind and everything but don't look at that and be like they are the picture of how I want to yeah. look like that. Like, yeah. you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Also, a lot of the time, like, these people can be deeply unhealthy as well. Yes. And so I think it's really important to acknowledge that. These are just off the top of my head. I'm not sure yes. if they'd be my top three, but they're Go just what's it. coming to me. I think, yeah, like, just leading on from that, I think health and fitness does come in all shapes and sizes. Oh, And uh, I think like, it's yes. so important that that is represented on social media. And, yeah, I think, like, we've just recently done a photo shoot together where we have people's bodies all shapes oh, and sizes. And yeah, it's so I refreshing. Know. It's so refreshing. And, like... Don't get me wrong, like I train and I look a certain way and I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to be ashamed of the way I look. But also like there isn't one type of person, for example, a physical, like quite muscly person like me. I'm not the only type of body that trains. Yes. Like why can we not have people that are completely different? So taller, bigger, smaller, whatever, that also train. Like we love to put people into boxes yeah. and be like, because she's muscly, oh, that she must go to the gym. You know, because she's a little bit bigger, she must eat loads of rubbish. God, no. no. Like, it's so frustrating. And we just need more diversity. We need more, we, different, we need different types of people being in adverts and being on our social media all the time so that we're constantly reminded that there's not one healthy body and not one healthy or not even healthy there's not just there's not one ideal body shape or type or you know all of these things like diversity is the key to happiness I agree being able to appreciate everybody in every way I totally is agree. the thing to do so I'm going to put you on the spot mm-hmm. the final thing that you've learned last one yeah okay one more one more one and we had two this is going to sound real cringe but like I'm really really happy at the moment and like I feel like I'm in a really good place and I think just make decisions that make you happy mm. you know I think we we're so often trend led for example like the the vegan thing like don't get me wrong I completely take my hat off to people that do that but I know that what's right for me right now might not be what's the trendiest thing to do but it's right for me mm. and at some point I may go there I'm not going to, I'm never say never. That, and that's for a whole variety of different things. Like things might be popular um, one day and not popular the next. Um, you know, Stay true to you really. Yeah, isn't it? basically just, just make the decisions that make you the happiest and really mm. sit back and acknowledge that you have control over your life and no one else does. And you shouldn't ever feel pressured to do anything or to be something that you're not. You know, you should just really focus on each day making decisions that, that are shaping a future that you that you want to be happy to live in. I love that. And so with that, do you have any, I know we spoke about it earlier, but do you have any regrets of your career so far or mm. your life so far? 
Yeah, I do. I do have one, but it's real deep. But like, I, I'm sure I've told you about this, but oh. I really, really regret letting someone else have control over me. Mm. And I was in a, like a, a really abusive relationship for a year, ended up having to go to court and like, you know, all of that is, is awful. Mm. It's awful. And it shaped me as a person. And I didn't realise how deeply it affected me for like three or four years. Like mm. I was so emotionally scarred by the whole thing. And looking back now, like... I think you know this more than anyone, but I literally, I don't take any shit from you anyone. Don't. And I'm such a, like, I'm so, I work in a gym full of guys. I literally would, would make them like cry like little girls. Like, cause I just, I just don't. And no. it's really made me have that thick outer skin. But it's because I went to such a place where I was so controlled by someone else that I kind of know what it feels like now to, to really, really be in control of my life, what I'm doing. And, and that makes me so happy that I, through going through a really dark place, which sometimes we have to do, I found the ability to be able to know what it is to be my own person, to make my own decisions and to really, yeah, not be controlled by anyone else. So, and and that goes for like my career as well. You know, me, bringing that into like the, the, the clean eating Alice thing, years and all of that kind of stuff. There were so many times when people wanted to pull me in different directions yeah. that I just wasn't happy to do. And I think having had that experience, it made me very certain of being like, no, you know, this is my I can career. say no. This is my career, do, yeah. and this is what I and I have a vision for it. And it's not what you have in mind. And that might be mean that you don't make X amount of money, or it might mean that you don't have me for X, Y, or Z. But I'm going to be happy knowing that I'm doing what I want to, want to, and not what you do. So. I love that. I yeah. That's great. And so with each podcast, we are going to finish with some set questions. Um, so, they well, they're, they're not really questions. They're actually more sentences. Okay. So you just have to finish the sentence. Okay. The biggest misconception about me is? Oh, um, that I'm tall. <laughs> I think a lot of people that meet me are like, you're so small. It's like Pint our friend size, Anna. I believe you refer yeah. to yourself like as. Size, <laughs> as yeah. Yeah, so, so literally from the two ends of the spectrum, two of my closest friends, Alice is like five foot two? No. One? Five foot five pushing yeah, I'm, five. I was being generous I was being kind pushing one and then on the other spectrum one of my other closest friends is six foot two and she's also in fitness Anna and uh, she well, also gets all the and I'm in the middle well I'm not even in the middle I'm, I'm near Alice's yeah. height but we, we always get either you're so small or you're so tall yeah literally that is me every time someone meets me they're like oh my god you're tiny yeah. <laughs> I'm like bang <laughs> um, if there is one thing I can use my platform to change it would be I would have Girls believe that they are beautiful just the way they are. <laughs> Love that. And lastly... My and women, sorry. Women. I would have women, not girls. Women and girls, everyone and men and anyone <laughs> believe <laughs> that they are beautiful just the way they are. And lastly, my ultimate goal is to be happy. Oh, that was easy, uh, wasn't that's it? Always what, like, uh. That is always my answer because my biggest thing is you never know what's going to happen yes. tomorrow, so the next true. week and the month after and next year. So <clears> I never want to like be like, I want to do this. Like I'm not that massive person that is like, by next year, I want to have done X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I just want to be happy. And it's tough because it rarely ever plays out. Yeah, you set, exactly. You, know, you set like three-year goals or five-year oh, goals. And within three months, you're like, shit, that's My got, that's done completely that. She's changed. Like, so what's your five-year plan? And I'm like, well, well, I really hope that in five years, I'm just as happy yeah, yeah, as I like, am today. Yeah, yeah, just be alive Bye. and still be happy and like, still be feeling good. And everyone else is okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, Alice, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much for coming in to chat. And we really 
Hope you've enjoyed listening uh, at home. Please let us know if there's anyone you'd love us to interview. Yeah, or if there's any f- like feedback, if there's things you want us to talk about, things you want us to ask. Or Except anything you're like not that. allowed to say that Alice was rubbish, okay? Yeah. No. One thing. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We will speak to you again next week. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. And thanks, Ben. Thank you. Bye.